Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by Rosalind McNally and Bibi Dalman. This week, we're talking about beauty. So welcome back, everybody. Hi, Rosalind. I'm Hi. so excited to um, dive into this topic with you. Mm, me too. Me too. Always good to be here. Mm. So we're talking about beauty, beauty in the context of, of, of healing, you know, um, I know over the years when we were chatting, we were talking so much about, you know, the misconceptions around, um, the healing journey and how can it, how it sometimes can feel quite heavy. And there is some, some of that work, of course, involved, but, um, I'm really excited about, you know, diving into this quality of, of beauty and the beautiful aspects within the healing journey. So, um, do you want to share a little bit about, you know, where do you see the importance of seeing beauty or experiencing beauty or even the healing journey being beauty just from your perspective over the years? Um, yeah. So I think it's an important topic to talk about because sometimes it's often left out because we get so focused on the suffering, the pain and trying to inverted commas fix things and make things better that we forget to look at what's maybe already in front of us. You know, the beauty that is already there or even sometimes the beauty that we've sort of left behind or forgotten to see. And it adds an important quality to our journey and it can make us maybe navigate it in a different way. So we allow ourselves to see it through, if you imagine looking through like what you're experiencing in life through the eyes of beauty, like can I see it maybe differently? Like, and it's not through the rose tinted glasses as I'm going to positive my way out of this, but asking, okay, if I allow myself to step into this and see it maybe from a different perspective, my soul's perspective, my spirit's perspective, or through the lens of beauty, what is beautiful in my healing journey, like. Because sometimes I think getting focused just on one side of the coin really can drag us down into the mud. And sometimes we need to be lifted out of that to see it differently. Like just like when I chat about the chakras and all, like we tend to focus on the upper ones, but in an escapist way, rather than getting into the down and dirty one sort of thing, like the root chakra, the sacral, the pleasure, the passion, you know, enjoying life. But then the same with, you know, healing, we sometimes get stuck in the muddy side us and trying to fix things, trying to move things. I want to release, get rid of, pull it out of me, you know, all like just stop it now versus can I see beauty in this whole process? Like, because what would beauty offer to me in this process? Mm. And to me, it offers softening. Like, Yeah, Um, I think beauty is softening, but it also helps you to to arrive in this moment as in you know, sometimes with the, with the healing journey, when we're looking at, you know, inverted commas fixing or growing or progressing or nuancing ourselves, it is always in relation to, or often in relation to where we're heading. Mm. And so to me, when we're working with beauty as, and the way you described it so, so gorgeously, that, you know, what's beautiful right here, right now, it brings us into what's already accessible to us. It brings us into what we, what we have and the ability or even inability in a moment of seeing the beauty in the moment. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a powerful, 
it's like what we always talk about, you know, the two sides of the coins. It's okay, of course, there is, there is the work to be done and to go into the future and to, you know, as you materialize yourself into your path, you know, where you want to head and all of that beautiful alignment work. But there is so much about and so much power be found in when I can find beauty in what is. Because I think our perception of beauty or ideal of beauty may have changed in the busy Western mindset in terms of beauty oftentimes being perfect, especially when we talk about our, ourselves, how we, you know, express ourselves into life. Um, but the, the idea of beauty, I mean, when you look at nature, I mean, you know, you do so much communication with trees and nature around you anyway, but you know, so you're looking at a tree and a tree isn't perfect in the traditional sense of perfect or beauty, but it is, it's, it's, it's beautiful because it's such an organic expression. And two, I think beauty is an, an avenue into ourselves where we get to understand that, you know, there's beauty in our own unique expression before it has been polished even. Yeah, the beauty isn't, as you said, it's not about their perfection or everything fitting in, slotting in really perfectly together or everything being really clean and polished. And that's it now done. Like the beauty is being able to look at anything and the, the ugliness of anything that we're experiencing and going, OK, there may be something else in this here. That way, you know, and can I allow myself to maybe even just see that because that might help me to move through this in a different way. So it might help me to surrender to it. It might help me just to open a little bit to it. It might actually help me see the gift that may be in it for me as well. Like, and it's not to say that everything has that there, but like just just like looking at anything and like all the animals that we'd work with you know, or look at and all day you can go oh yeah we all want the eagle and we all want the panther because my god they're so beautiful but it's, then it's like you know the little tortoise or the little skunk they all have a power to them so beauty has a power to it as well like because everything has energy and everything has spirit so what would that if I was to allow the spirit of beauty into me what can that do to me in those spaces where I feel life is getting a little bit contractive or I don't know what to do or I feel lost, I feel lonely, I just feel like I don't know who I am anymore or what I don't know what to do with my job, I don't know what to do with my relationship, I don't know what to do with my family, but can I access that spirit of beauty and let that inform my way forward possibly or even just inform how to be here in it at the minute? Because I might not get the way forward until whenever I need to get it like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that invitation into, into beingness, into what you said, into, into softening. And I think it is such a beautiful practice to, to work with that idea of, of, of beauty, you know, um, and, and to really work with how do we associate ourselves to what we consider beautiful. And, you know, are there always things outside of ourselves that are beautiful? And we can recognize that in other people, in the creations of other people, in nature. But when it comes to ourselves, uh, you know, how is our lens, our perception shaped uh, and distorted in that way? And uh, I think there's so much really juicy work coming out of when you go in and go, oh, wow, okay, I'm actually, it's not even that it's not there, the beauty, it's actually I can't see it. And 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 that is, I'm going to say, like beautiful inner work because I don't need anything else around me in order to address that. 
you know, so this is really, uh, it's like, can I smell the roses? You know, mm-hmm. can I, where else in my life have I, I mean, it's to this whole idea of being efficient in the world, this idea that we carry and to be on purpose and to be, you know, aligned with that all of the time. There is a certain, and you can see it in the physical practice with people, there's a certain over-efforting that happens on all layers, but it most certainly can see it on the physical level of the muscles, the muscle tone, uh, in order to get and shape us there. But with that comes also a narrowing of the lens. You know, you're honing in, you're focusing on that one thing and be aligned with that and keep your eyes on the prize, which we also need, of course. But to me, when we're talking about the concept of beauty and allowing that into our life, it is changing the focus completely, widening the focus, looking around ourselves uh, and getting a 360 degree of the situation we're we're in and usually that balances things out and so it's the yin and the yang we need we need both we need that drivenness and we need that focus and the ability to really organize ourselves around details but then also to step away and back from our work from our life's work the way you know if you put paint onto a canvas every once in a while you gotta step back a little bit and just you know see let it emerge and let it speak to you in that way um so it's really as in our brain it's this shift from our cognitive thinking brain that is sending constantly information into the body out into the world and organizing versus the receptivity of our brain you know it's the yin and the yang the masculine the feminine if you wish qualities within us as well martian minutian qualities yeah mm-hmm. And how does the, curious as you mentioned, the Martian and the Venusian, then like if you're looking at from the astrology point of view and all there, like how does the, say the beauty, the spirit of beauty or beauty in general or walking the path of beauty or walking in beauty show up through that lens? I mean, there's so many ways we can uh, look at that. One of the ways to me is when I look at an, a natal chart, Um, Because you see in a natal chart really all the potentialities that are there in seed form. And and when I work with people, it is helping people see that for themselves. You know, Um, it's not just a chart in itself is beautiful, but this this conversation with the energies, how they are present and really taking on our own energies in that way and expressing them in a nuanced way. Um, And that goes throughout our entire chart. But uh, it is, I mean... There is this interplay, of course, between Mars and Venus, you know, Mars is very willpower drive, you know, uh, asserting our, our ability to, to really be physical and to be in the world. And then that Venusian quality of, 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 of sitting with something. But Venus isn't just all about, you know, we often say about love. It's, it's this concept of unconditional love. That's where, through an astrology point of view, in my, in my feeling where, where beauty comes in, it's through this lens of, okay, unconditional love towards others, unconditional love towards myself. What is it that I love? What is it that I value? So there's a lot of, um, a lot of connections towards our value system, our, our sense of self-worth that comes in. And, um, and what, what, what I feel is so helpful when we look at it through astrology is, not everyone's sense of beauty or appreciation of beauty is is the same, you know, depending on which element, which house it places itself in, what we perceive to be beautiful, what we perceive to be soothing, what we like to luxuriate in, you know, it, it's it's different really for all of us. And so um, 
to me, astrology gives us an indication of going, oh, oh, okay, this is, I'm seeing that, how that plays out into in my world, or that actually does nourish me. I actually, yeah, like I related that particular way and angle, but I've tried for the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years to fit into society because everyone says this is beautiful. Mm. And, and, and so it, it's really an invitation to come back home into your, into yourself. The, the beauty aspect is really an invitation to come back into yourself and trusting yourself that what you feel is beautiful, that that has value. Mm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Like, cause it, it's even for, people to explore what does beauty mean to me and to see maybe the sort of sterilized version of it that we've been sort of shown or taught to believe in like and see the limitations of our definition of beauty like to actually sit with that and see that and then asking like how does that affect the way I live how does that affect the way I meet myself <clears throat> excuse me how does that affect how I move through life how does that affect how I meet life and the issues and challenges that just come with life because if it's a very you know perfection very I just think of you know like nearly this really clean and really everything's in alignment and everything's just in its perfect place Do you know it's the opposite of a Picasso picture sort of thing like you know where everything's all disjointed in different spaces but it's actually in this like you know total immaculateness you know if that's my definition then anything I do will never be enough like any way I move through a challenge in life will never be the right way or else when I can see that it's like a Picasso picture, it's got all the different parts and pieces in it. Do you know, like, and that's still beautiful. Like, so the blotches that I might have dropped on my ink sort of thing, like, is still can be part of the beauty of the picture rather than going, the whole thing's gone to pot now, like. And the same with life, you know, when things happen, it doesn't mean then it's all, the whole thing's gone to SH1T, like. It's like, okay, so how can I make this part of it, like. Mm. And then, and in that way, beauty is actually an invitation to an aliveness. Get out, like beauty, the other way of looking at beauty to me is when you look at nature, there it is, there are within the craziness, there are these patterns, you know, there is intelligence, there is, uh, you know, an organization that certainly isn't linear, but there is an organization to it. And so you can sense there's a, there's an organism to it, a breathing, um, an aliveness to it. And beauty really then is an invitation back home in that way. It's the doorway when I get to see the picture and the painting, but I might see beyond, you know, the, the brush strokes and beyond the, the technicalities or where the technique is being broken. And I start to see the emotionality of the painter in it or what the painter may want to convey over, not psychologically where I'm thinking my way through it, but where, where the painting begins to speak to me. And to me, I get that also in, in reading books a lot. It's, it's, there's something about, you know, sitting down and and reading a book that that connects you to the spirit of 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 the of the author, and it it goes across time and space, right? If there's a book that has been written a long time ago, the author might not be alive anymore, but there is a connection to that, and there is a a connection to their aliveness, what they're bringing creatively into the world, an expression of of them. And to me, when I when I look at beauty, there's always an invitation to to look beyond that. So I'm just looking out the window, and there's some flowers outside, and 
when I look at them, yes, they're the colors and that's beautiful, but then I can look beyond and can see how the bees feed of them and I can see the butterflies going around and you can see, you know, how they weren't looking like that mm-hmm. a few weeks ago and how they are certainly not going to look like in a couple of weeks ahead of time. But you just see that process of being alive and, um, and in, in a way, beauty can be an external, something that we'd look at external, but it invokes within us this feeling of being alive. It's a, it's a reminder in a way if we, if we allow it to be. Mm. Beautiful. Like, no, I like, it's such a, like for the healing journey, it's a quality to nearly be exercised and a muscle to be grown, like, because it's not nearly the, it's like the path or the feet know the harsh or the suffering or the pain far easier than walking it, walking the path of beauty, like, so it's allowing us to see things differently, like, and experience everything a little bit differently, like, but also, yeah. And we've also been, you know, collectively trained to, to an extent, um, to either not share what's beautiful or to not share when mm. some things are going very easy and we go, oh, life is beautiful, you know, in our languages we're holding back because we're afraid of... Maybe somebody else has gone through a tougher time and so we don't, you know, we don't share that so much, but also our nervous system is pulled towards seeing what's not working. So work, you know, exactly what you said, it takes, takes a little bit of a practice and a gentle muscle to choose to see the beauty Mm. and knowing that when you're not, it is okay. And to have that inner conversation with your nervous system and your brain that your brain and nervous system, they just want to keep you alive right now. And that's what they're concerned with. And that's where the warning signs are going up. And it pays off to pay a little bit of attention to that as well, you know, (laughs) but that does not have to be your whole experience of life. There can be your attention to the warning signs and going, okay, thank you. I've noticed that. Um, I'm going to sit with that. I'm going to digest that process that and act accordingly. And, and at the same time, I'm also choosing to see what's working. And we have that a lot in, in the physical practice. I mean, I love the physical practice because it's, it, it is so connected to all those patterns that are going on in our mind and emotional body because it plays always through the layers. But the physicality is just something that we, you know, we can touch and we can see and we can oftentimes easier adjust. Um, and really our time on the mat is just a practice to be, how to be in life, you know. Um, but to speak to that in terms of focusing on, we usually come to yoga a lot of the times when, because we have a sore back or a sore knee or, you know, emotionally, maybe we're, we've landed at a place where we're, we're just empty. We oftentimes come to yoga and I'd be curious to hear from you later as well, if that's similar, like, you know, from, from your angle. But I know a lot of people arrive in yoga if something or because something hasn't been working for them and that's beautiful and then we get sort of stuck in that track right we get stuck in polishing that and fixing that and if it's in a physical level you go oh my knee is sore and my shoulder is sore and currently my energy is low and while that is important in terms of our awareness to have that it is also to recognize your right knee is sore but the left knee isn't (laughs) you know yeah you may feel you can't hold plank and your core muscles and your arm muscles aren't strong enough but, you know, fill in the blank, you know, you, 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 you have no headache today or, you know, what, whatever it is in a way, um, or you feel very fluid in your body and beautiful. And so recognizing both. So to me, the physical practice then becomes an invitation to, to see what's, what needs to be addressed, but to also recognize and celebrate what is working within 
And when we do this physically, to me, it feels like it's, it's oftentimes that's an, that's a really tangible access point for people. And then you can take that off the mat and you go into your life on, the, on that day and you go, Oh, I'm noticing all the things that aren't working, you know, in my relationships. I'm, you know, my at work, you know, my sense of self. But then hopefully remember it's like, okay, but what is working in the relationships I have? What is working at work for me? What is working? Where do I, where I can rely on myself or my, so it's a shift towards, towards seeing both sides um, in that way. So I'd be just curious how your experience is when people come to do whether it's for, for Reiki or for, you know, the shamanic work you do or all the different things. Most people come for every, like an, I'd say chat to any therapist. Most people come when things aren't going the way they think they should be going and they, they want it to be aligned now so it goes back to the way they think it should be going versus it may not go that way at all. Like So they come when they're in the depth of change, transition, or they're in the corner or they, they don't actually know what's going on. They can't figure out why they still feel this way, like when they think they should be out of it by now. Like So for like in, in Reiki... It's like during the self-practice or during the initiations and the sharing of all of that there. It's the, it's that they have the opportunity to touch and experience that aspect of them that is beneath all of the whatever needs fixing and whatever they think is wrong sort of thing. Like that they get to drink from that well that is knows of the great beauty of themselves and of their life and of their true essence. Like, and sometimes initially it's only a taste, <laughs> Do you know, and that, that, that's can be the problem then because the head's like, well, like, that's not real because it wasn't there that long or I want more of it now and I should have more of it now versus, okay, we, we've drank from the well, we've got a taste of it. Now when we practice, we get to maybe experience it more, but that's not the goal either, Do you know, because then we become attached to that outcome. But it's like you get to experience more of that beauty, but you also get to shift your perspective possibly on yourself so it's kind of like the lens widens so yeah I can see like you know all the aspects of my life that have made me who I am you know and rather than blaming and going into judgment I can then maybe allow compassion into that there like and bring an aspect of power back to myself by doing that and therefore that gives me the energy maybe to move through those things if I need to or allows me to actually just go and enjoy life, like go and enjoy the simple things in life and not in the frivolous kind of just write your gratitude list and you're done kind of a way. Like, do you know, but ask them, can I really allow myself to feel joy, to feel the, the beauty, to feel alive? Like, can I allow myself that? And if I can't, why not? Like, what's, what prevents that there? Like, do you know, like, so to me, they're all gateways to where we experience a part of us that is infinite and that is, you know, all knowing in a sense. And to see the beauty that that that's in me. I don't like I don't need to go top of a mountain to get it. I might sometimes need to, but like it's in me like, do you know, but it takes it takes practice and it takes persistence and perseverance to get there. Like, but also when we again. And shamism, they chat about no walking in beauty. Like, so it's the idea that if I can allow myself to see beauty in all aspects of life, then maybe I can help others to see that there just by me pointing out. Yeah, it's I'm looking at the wonder here and it's teeming from the heavens, you know, and rather than going, 
F sick like sort of job I can go wow there's like you know we'll often hear people go well you know the grass does need it like it's been a bit dry here recently or wow look now you see the greenness pop out a little bit more so by you maybe sharing that somebody else goes oh yeah I never never thought of that actually I just I just see the rain and my programming goes that is crap versus wow what does the rain do and how do I feel maybe if I go out and stand in that can I feel that the rain hit my body and feel what that makes me feel like or can I allow it to be a cleanse when I go out there and bring beauty to it instead I think that is such a powerful practice because it's such an invite, invitation to 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 shift your approach right it's so powerful as you go instead of wiping over I'm going okay this is just yeah. This is a very difficult situation and I just find a silver line. This is, this is not what we're talking here, but it's this noticing that what, what are my limitations and seeing the beauty in, in that. I mean, if you want to take a little bit of a bigger context, it is when I mentioned earlier, the journey home, it is that idea of, you know, I mean, we're living here in this physical world. And it's the journey back into our soul essence and the origins of our souls. And we're talking really about qualities there that are very, very difficult for our human brain to process and to, to make sense of. But we all have a memory of, you know, there's unconditional love and beauty. And when we, when we in that moment, it is bigger than us. It, it transforms us. And so, I know when I've in my own life when when I don't see beauty in anything around me anymore. I know I've my lens has become too specific into this material world. I, I'm honing on something. I'm trying to figure something out to the point that I've lost perspective, and not just a wider sense, but also a higher sense mm. of of self. And so we can use it on that level to to bring us back and to get you know a healthy sense of balance between seen both sides but if you want to take it and i like to take it sometimes into this into this deeper realm it's 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 an invitation to to see the divine whatever you you feel the divine is but when you feel that unconditional love when you feel that when you see beauty and it resonates not what other people say is beautiful but when you see something that's truly beautiful to you what does it do to you how do you feel in that moment and there is a remembrance there's a remembrance that goes before we were born into this shape in this space and time here and because uh, you mentioned earlier astrology there's there's a lot of the times when, when we talk about the neptunian principle or the 12th house or pisces in that way there there is this invitation to 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 bridge you know when the veil between this and other worlds become very 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 thin and there is a remembrance in us you know in terms of where and who was i before i was born and where do i go back to you know that cosmic womb the whatever name you want to want to give it in that way but there is there is that invitation as well can i be very much here in the material world while i'm looking at something that's manifested in this material world whether it is nature outside of myself whether i see it in the form of another human being what i see it in the form of art our pets I usually such a beautiful way into it because um, we're not loaded with as much judgment, uh, you know, when we look at our pets than when we look at ourselves or maybe other people around us. And so 
being anchored into this physical world and yet have this otherworldly experience of of beauty of there's a transcendental quality to it while we're still here in this body so it's not an escapism it's not avoidance and to me in that way that that's to me is at the core of all the spiritual practices so we in that way it's not even shortcutting but direct beelining to to the heart of heart of it all that we're you know trying when we're sitting and meditating and when we're doing our breath work and we do our asana work and we are lighting and tuning the body in a way it's like yes 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 but have we got stuck in the tools and have we last i always love when you talk about the beautiful bright white light within us you know have we kind of lost sight of what it is actually about in, in, in yoga terminology? We call it the bliss body, Ananda Maya Kausha within us, you know, where that is literally just present in all of us, but all these different layers are stuck to it. So it's remembering where we came from, remembering the beauty that's innate still within us. Um, and so it's, it's, it's to me, seeing beauty is, is the highest spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, I mean, there are beautiful concepts, <laughs> but I'm always interested. That's where Virgo comes through in the actuality of how you bring it into life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> me too. So, how can we make it tangible? How can we? How can we make it appropriate? What What are ways that you know beyond the specific practices, you know, that we were saying, but yeah. what, what can, you know, if somebody's listened to it and, and intrigued by this, like how can we work with beauty on a day-to-day basis? That's, that's very relatable. Mm. Mm. It could be exploring what used to bring beauty to your life. You know, because sometimes as we get older, we kind of slog on with life or we sort of forget to look for those things or we think that's what we used to do when we were little or when you had more time and all the other sort of limitations on it like so what used to bring beauty to your life and sit and just sit with that question and see what comes up with that and then maybe even noticing like you know how can I reconnect with some of those if that's what feels aligned and even just take one of them, like rather than trying to do 10 of them, but take the simplest one. And how can I reconnect with that there and bring it into my life? Like, you know, and then start looking for beauty. Start looking for it everywhere, like in the simplest of places. Look out your window and see it. You know, look around your house and see maybe how things are even just sitting together. Like of how, oh God, I got it, the cushion that matches perfectly and looks beautiful there. But just beginning to grow that energy in you. Because it's like it's like fueling a flame, putting the turf or the sticks or whatever into the fire. Like so, it's like by doing that, there you're stoking that flame in yourself to allow yourself to become, allow yourself to see it more easily. Like, and then if you're navigating stuff at the minute, it's like how can I navigate it maybe with beauty? And then one more: if you journey, journey to the spirit of beauty. And see how it wishes to inform you in your life at this time. Mm, that's beautiful. Keeping it simple this week. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Vivi? Um, yeah, I think building on what, what you said, noticing the things that are beautiful and two things to that. Notice when you just want to wander on in your mind and just linger a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And also, secondly, maybe notice where in your mind you feel in the yeah, but. 
you know, this is beautiful. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's not straight enough. You know, when you just come to something as pragmatic as the cushions. Yeah, yeah but they're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I wanted something different and that's what ended up. And just notice what comes with the yeah, but. And uh, if you want to, if you want to take a list or note of, of what the usual yeah, buts are, because the yeah, buts, they are really just a couple of, like the different variations of a couple of similar patterns. And that's a good insight of what, what stands between us and, you know, you and seeing beauty, what are sort of the hindrances, I think, in that way. Um, the other aspect, I think I mentioned earlier on, pets are really good friends. Somebody that you you know you you love them unconditionally. And the unconditional part is really important. You know, you might not like what they're doing, but you love them. And then seeing the beauty in those human beings or in those pets around you and especially with uh, with this idea of I can see the beauty in them can you see both can you see their struggle and their light you know and that they're not mutually exclusive and then by seeing that in others I think we change that paradigm that beauty is only the absence of you know whatever is not perfect this idea that beauty can coexist while our life is falling apart and beauty can exist in, in, in the chaos. And if you're learning to paint again, you're learning to play the piano again, to pick up on doing things that you felt were beautiful. Um, you know, if the brush stroke isn't the way you intended it to be, notice the yeah, but in it. Um, so I think that is a, that, and we see it when we look at other people that we love, it's usually easier to see the beauty in them. And it's just a practice. But I think what I found is the key is in in just lingering a little longer with it. It's not so much what you're doing with it, but it's just when you notice beauty Mm -hmm. somewhere, just give it an extra breath. You know, blink your eyes and see it again. Don't force yourself. Don't try to shift something that you, you know, absolutely hate, just to use that word as as a thing. Um, and try to force yourself into seeing the beauty. Start with things that naturally come to you and then just linger, just an extra breath, a little bit of time with it. Um, and what I found, usually speaking with people, it won't take that long to all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. Well, if you think about taking, if you're on people on holidays, like, and take a photograph, oh, there's something pretty, take a photograph, walk on. There's something else, take a photograph, walk on. There's a sunset, take a photograph, post it on Instagram, walk on. And I'm just like, just sit like you know just sit and actually just look and and be there like yeah be there even more than you think is possible like yeah and you can still take the photo afterwards <laughs> yeah it's not about not taking photographs and not sharing them on instagram or anything but it's just like allow that process to come after yeah yeah absolutely after and bathing because it. i think what it does is in that way it gives strength to your your own trust in yourself that you know what is beautiful. So instead of taking the photo, what you think will look good on Instagram or what you think is what your friends feel is going to be beautiful or what, whatever, you know, sit first, what actually is beautiful to you and take that in first and then share it because that is, that is a sustainability principle. We got to fuel ourselves first. And when we're fueled and nourished, it can ooze out. And so taking the photo and sharing it sometimes has a bad reputation, but it is really only depleting. And if you notice that's happening to you when you're listening, uh, it is only depleting because the beauty hasn't registered with you first. And so it is exactly what you said. It's like sit with it first, let it sink in 
and then and then share it and then it becomes the sustainable way because it's the beauty you can't help but wanting to share it you know you can't help but pull your friend over and you're like let's just sit down here and look at the moon and the beach or let's just but let it register within you first mm. bathe in beauty mm. <laughs> beautiful so um I want to thank everyone for, for listening. It's been, Rosalina, as always a joy talking to you. Me too. I love it always. Yeah. So if if you're listening and, and this has provoked any questions, as always, just do get in touch with us. Um, and other than that, we wish you a beautiful week and we hopefully see you again at the next episode. Mm. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosalind McNally and BB Dalman. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com.